Guess who's back? It's La 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 Latoya. Ha ha! What's her name? It's Latoya. Ah It's Latoya. Guys, welcome back to the Analog Girl Podcast. This is your podcast for your thirty somethings and your forty somethings, and we are on a quest, y'all. We are on a quest to get our analog lives in this digital driven world. Thank you so much for tuning in to season two, episode number one of the Analog Girl podcast. If this is your first time, welcome, guys. I'm so glad that y'all clicked on the links and did all of that to listen to me. And after you're done with this episode, y'all need to go back, go back to season one, check out all the episodes that I got on on there for you to listen to. Um, listen, I always tell y'all I'm a work in progress. Um, this podcast started out very raw. It's still a bit raw, but I'm getting a little better as time goes on. So always keep that in mind that your girl is a work in progress. So don't forget, go back to listen to those previous episodes so you can catch up and be be down like everybody else. To all the to all the listeners from before. The ones who still, y'all sticking by me, our little cute little community. I think it's about three, four hundred of us out there. Um, We going strong, y'all. And I thank y'all so much for listening. I thank y'all so much for the messages that y'all send me, the kind words that y'all tell me. Like, y'all really be holding me down and making me feel so good. Um, And honestly, y'all the reason why I stay consistent with this because if I didn't hear from y'all, I probably would stop this shit to be quite honest. So thank you so much guys, um, for listening, um, and learning and growing with me. All right. Um, y'all know, I always like to beg. All right. Just to enter. Come on. Ain't nothing changed from last season. Now, come on. Now y'all know this. Y'all know I like to beg. Uh, have you followed me on the Instagram? Have, Have you followed me on the Twitters? Uh, did you check me out on the, uh, 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 on the Facebook, uh, on, on Instagram is the analog girl. No, sorry. The dot analog girl on Twitter is the underscore analog girl. And on Facebook is analog girl podcast. And then you can also find a lot of information and my blog that I'm trying to get consistent with on, uh, or at the analog girl.com. All right. So y'all get in tune to that. Also, you can sign up for my email address. So you're always in a know for new things. Um, I just did a black girl magic picnic, uh, two weeks ago. That was amazing. Nice little small crowd, sold out crowd though. Um, and we all came together and we unplugged and we recharged our black girl magic and it was amazing. And if you're into doing stuff like that, just go sign up for my email list and you'll always be in a know of the next events that I have coming up. Um, and then also after you're done listening to this episode, if you'd enjoyed it, or if you've been listening to other episodes and you've enjoyed it, I just need one more favor and then I ain't going to beg y'all for nothing else. But if you could just go and rate and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. That would really help me. And that would help me to be able to help y'all more. You know what I'm saying? That would give me the credibility in the street. You know what I'm saying? Help your girl get some street cred out here in these podcast streets. All you got to do is just click uh, like the podcast, maybe even drop a line or two for a review, but just rate and subscribe if you'd like to. I mean, I know sometimes writing a review is a, is a, uh, you know, it just takes a lot sometimes. So I understand that. But even if you just rate um, and subscribe, I'd really appreciate that. Okay. So enough with the housekeeping. I ain't going to hold y'all up no more. You know what I'm saying? Let's just go ahead on and get into this check-in. Let's get all up in it. It's anxiety checking, y'all. First of all, I hope your anxiety levels are low to non-existent and you all know what I like to do. So before we get started, let's all take one deep breath in, hold it, let's exhale, relaxing the body, relaxing your neck. You can even take your head and move side to side or move it around in a circle. Take your shoulders and push them all the way up to your ears and then drop them down and take one more deep breath in and hold it. 
and release all that breath. Any tension you have that you have in your belly, any stress in your chest, breathe that all out. Y'all know I love to take me a little deep breath all the time. It always makes me feel so much better and I hope it I hope it makes you guys feel so much better. So we talking my anxiety check-in. Um, it's been a while, y'all. I haven't we haven't talked since what, June? I think it's June. That was the last um episode with um the budgetista who got us all together with our finances. Um but yeah, it's been a long time and there's been a lot going on, y'all. Um, listen, the main thing that has been happening with me this week is, um, and I, and listen, and y'all do not judge me. Okay. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, but I can't stop eating y'all. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I, you know, I was doing so well. I have not been eating, uh, beef or chicken. Um, I've just been eating like seafood and, uh, you know, vegetables and whatever, a lot of starch, um, or carbs I would say, but I did a juice fast and I was doing so well and I was losing weight. And like, I think the past couple, two weeks, I've been, my emotions have been a little off and I'm going to tell y'all why. Um, but since my emotions were off, all I could do was eat, y'all. I just been eating. And not only am I eating, but I have uh um that Uber Eats demon. Um there's warfare. There's warfare going on um in my phone with the Uber Eats app. It's 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 spiritual warfare. And I'm asking that you guys can really, you know, just just let's all, we all just, just dispatch around me, y'all. Let's just lift me up, um, in prayer. Um, and I'm just asking, you know, and God to just, to intervene and shut that down. Like I I think today I'm going to delete the app and I'm not going to be on it. Um, but I am doing a lot of emotional eating and, you know, guys, I always talk to you. I always like, like, I don't, ever want to come across like I'm some therapist or I'm a, even a life coach at this point um, that has it all together. Um, yes, I have recovered fully from depersonalization and I've also recovered from um, the severeness of the anxiety, um, but there is still um, anxiety there that I have to deal with. There's still um, coping skills that I have to um, get better at, um, especially, especially when, um, I'm triggered by, by things in life. And I will tell you that, um, I definitely, uh, was triggered a couple weeks ago and I was triggered by something that has no business triggering me y'all. Now I think y'all remember I had told y'all that, I had a crush on someone and I thought that the crush liked me. I listen, I think what happened is, is because I have been in such a, a single space for so long. And even when I was in a situation that was like, I was damn near single in that anyway. So it was like, I had support, but didn't have support. I had a man, but I ain't had no man. Um, it was just strange. So, I mean, I can't really count. I think I've, I felt alone in that situation too. So I think that the impact of the loneliness from the situationship to really being alone um, caused me to maybe be a little, um, I don't know. I don't think I was aggressive, but I think that there was some expectations that I had for this particular, this particular person that, um, he might not have been able to, uh, live up to, or he was actually, he wasn't able to live up to, to be quite honest. So, you know, I took a lot of things personally and I ain't gonna hold y'all. Um, the, the dude has poor communication skills. There was no effort on his part, um, to see me in person. So it's not like, um, I'm making 
stuff up or like I was, I was like a hundred percent like bugging out and spazzing out, but I was just trying to give the benefit of the doubt, um, with the situation. But ultimately, um, to make a short story long, I just told y'all all of that. Um, I ended up deciding that this just wasn't like for me, you know what I mean? Like I, want somebody who wants to talk to me, who wants to respond to my text, who is excited to meet up with me. And it doesn't mean that we got to have sex. It doesn't mean that, you know, we even had to kiss or whatever. Like I just wanted to be in some male company and have some male energy around me. And I think because I was so desperate for that, um, I let that get the best of me. And because of my rejection issues and my trauma and anxiety, it made me spaz out a little bit, y'all, in the text messages with him. So that situation is not necessarily him, but the fact that I was I was pushed to the point because of my triggers that I spazzed out on him, I was disappointed in myself. And I became very emotional about it. Um, and I now am to the point where I'm emotionally eating, y'all, and trying to get my life. So that's where I'm at with that. Okay. Um, so again, this is when I tell y'all that I'm a work in progress and I'm here struggling with y'all, I'm going through the same stuff with y'all. Um, it's true. It's so true. And I think that we'll always be going through this kind of stuff, even if you are married or even if you know, you've been, you've been married for years, like we still going to have triggers. We still going to have things that we have to talk through and we have to process through, you know what I'm saying? And I think I've been processing a lot of what happened between him and I for the past two weeks, because I don't really know this guy like this. I think he's an amazing guy. I still have a crush on him and I'm kind of hoping that God maybe turns it around um, and like brings us together. But who, like, I, not that I, I'm not going to say who cares. Cause I kind of care on um, low key, <laughs> maybe high key care, but I just know that God is going to put the right person in my life. Right. And I think that, you know, it, it's that situation has taught me that I have to learn to, I have to learn acceptance and I have to learn, um, I have to learn how to let things go. And I also have to learn that I can't internalize other people's actions as um, rejection. And that comes from my trauma um, of being rejected from my, by my father. And, and it's interesting because if I was to talk to my father today, I don't think that he would say that he feels like he's rejected me, but the crux of the matter with me and my heart and the reason why I feel rejected, dejected, ignored, left, abandoned is because of my daddy. So I had to, I've been, not even had, I have been processing those emotions. And by processing them, I think what happens with the processing is that I work so much of my, uh, I work all of that energy up with the processing that I, then I get hungry. And so then now when I'm hungry, I'm like, well, I don't feel like cooking because I'm so exhausted from the processing. Um, now I got to go order, order Uber Eats. So that I think is what is happening with that y'all. So whew, that's a lot. Do you, do y'all have to go through that? Do y'all go through that when you're processing, um, especially in your dating life? How's y'all dating life going with the anxiety? Is it rough for you? Are you overthinking things all the time? Cause for me personally, I'm overthinking a hell of a lot, but I'm, I, I'm, I know next time around when, when this right man comes in and we start chit-chatting, I don't you know. I ain't going to even say I know. I truly hope that um, I'm processing a lot better and I'm thinking about my words. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say and that I'm not going to internalize and overthink that this all has to do with me. Uh, Because when, because good boys do fuck boy shit, you know what I'm saying? So when good boys do bad things, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. And it don't necessarily mean that um, that particular person is a fuck boy. We just don't know what's going on in their life. You know what I'm saying? So that's just been it for the emotional eating and why I'm doing that. 
And um, we're just trying to get out of that. We're trying to, uh, we're trying to get out of that. So that's where I'm at with that. All right, guys. <laughs> so another thing is that your girl is about to be 40 years old. Yeah, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, because I don't look 40. <laughs> I don't look 40, but your girl about to be 40, and it is um, scaring the living daylights out of me. And I don't, I, I, I have to confess, and I'm going to confess to you guys, and this is probably going to be a long um, anxiety check-in, because we just got a lot to, to catch up on in my life. Um, and I know that you guys like to listen to my life, and then, because it kind of help y'all out, that's what y'all tell me. At least that's what y'all tell me, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm excited about it. I've booked my trip. I'm going away with one of my friends. Um, it's her 35th so and my 40th, so it's a milestone birthday. Um, we are going to Columbia, and we are going to turn the fuck up, okay? So I'm going to have a great time by the grace of God. But I will say that turning 40, like I said, is scaring me, and it's also making me um, assess my life. I've been feeling like I haven't really accomplished much or I haven't accomplished um, the right things in life. Like, I, I, you know, I've been thrown off the path many times. We know that I've been homeless. We know that I've been jobless. We know that I've been through a lot. Um, the, the personalization that whole year set me all the way back. Um, and so in thinking on, on these things, it's made me feel like, like I've just got to accomplish something. Like, what am I going to accomplish? Like, what's going to be my, what is my purpose? What is my calling? And I don't feel like I have pinpointed exactly what it is. Um, and so that has put some fear and some anxiety on me. And then also this, um, craziness of it all is that I found myself being a wee bit ashamed or not even, I don't know if it's ashamed is the right word. Maybe it is ashamed or just kind of feeling a little out of place sometimes stating that I'm turning 40 because I I have a lot of friends who are younger than me. And it's like, even when I'm going into work and where I work at, it's just nobody my age. And I'm like, well, where the fuck are the 39 and the 40 year olds at? Like, I'm not around a lot of people my age. So, you know, I've got my, my, my best friend um, from childhood. Yeah, she's my age. But if I try to think about it, I, <laughs> I don't really have a lot of people my age. And then there's a lot of people who are younger than me who are achieving so much in their life and they're just doing so such great things. And truly happy for them, truly wonderful to watch it. But it also makes me think like, fuck, girl, you about to be 40. What have you done? And I know some of y'all be like, bitch, how you going to be doing all that, saying all that? And you sitting here doing a podcast or you, you doing, you saying all that and you've done this and you've done that. I get it. But that's, I think this is what them white men be going through when they be having a midlife crisis, when they be turning 40 or 45, whatever, whatever age it is. Like, I think that's what's been happening to me. And it scares me that, um, I could, I'm, I could put, I could have potentially been more at this age. Um, but everything in due time, I still think God is still moving in my life. Um, and that, um, I'm going to be able to push through and I'm going to be able to achieve a certain level of success, whatever God has in store for me. So I've just been, you know, doing that and telling myself that, um, and just trying to push through all of that. Now I will say that that has also been uh, a little jarring, um, and scaring, scary to me. And it's brought up a little bit of the DP thoughts of the, um, existential crisis thing that I used to talk about, which would make me think about life and death because now I'm like, well, I'm turning 40. So what does that mean? Like, cause you know, the life expectancy is like what? 78, 90, whatever. So it started making me think, oh God, 
Like, I only got 30, 40, 50 years left to do. Like, I'm just thinking about the craziest shit. And I'm like, well, 10 years from now, I'll be 50. But 10 years is not a long time from now. And like, what what will I be doing? Like, and I'm and and that's how anxiety works. And then it just starts, it just starts becoming a hamster wheel in my brain. So what I've been doing to combat that is simply just quieting my mind and um, just being quiet um, and meditating. And then also being a little more compassionate with myself and my accomplishments and what I've, what I've done. Um, and talking to my therapist and just processing through my shame and my embarrassment and what I feel like I could have done in my life that I didn't do. So if you're out there and you're feeling a little off and you're feeling, um, any shame or embarrassment, maybe I'm the only one of turning 40 and maybe not doing the things that you thought you would be doing or just turning 40 in general and being around young folks because, you know, I have young, I have a young friend and she'll always be like, yeah, I went out and this guy was mad old trying to holler at me. He was like 40. And I was just looking at her like, bitch, I'm about to be 40. What you mean mad old? Like, oh, child, I just can't. So it's like a lot of the young kids in social media will have you thinking that because you're turning 40, you're a has-been or your life is over or it's done. You're old. And it's just a lot of old shaming and I just don't like it. And um, I think that that has affected me. But we're going to stop that. And we're going to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We're not even doing that. Okay? And I'm just I'm preaching to myself right now. That's just not what it is. Like, we are fabulous. Being in your 30s is fabulous. Heading into your 40s is fabulous. Being in your 40s is fabulous. So let's just be fabulous, y'all. We just going to be happy about our age. Ain't no age shaming here. And the more and close, the closer I get to my birthday, I'm just praying to be more and more excited and just, you know, just be happy to that. I don't look 40 though. You know, that's what I'm happy about. I, but I don't look 40. <sighs> so the last thing I just want to touch on with you guys, um, I've been taking this um, online course called the uncompromised life. I ain't even been consistent. I'm going to tell you right now. So I did the first two weeks. I haven't started the third week yet. However, this lady does something called rapid transformation therapy. And she um, incorporates hypnosis in it. But it ain't like that's, you know, deep chakra hypnosis, all that. It's not none of that. Um, And it has really, really, really opened my eyes to the kind of language that I have with myself. So I've been making it my business, especially this week, to speak or to change the dialogue that I have with myself. So the dialogues and the conversations that I have with myself must change. And um, in real and like writing down words and things that I've said to myself, I had realized that there was a lot of things I was saying to myself that was just evil. You know, like I would uh, make a mistake on something or just or, or, or a trip or whatever, make a wrong decision and subconsciously and my inner thoughts would be like, Oh girl, you're so dumb. Oh, you're so stupid. And I realized that I was doing that and that's trash. And so in learning, um, from this woman, Marissa Peer is her name. It's called the uncompromised life by Marissa Peer. If you guys are interested, uh, it cost me a coin. I ain't gonna hold y'all up. I ain't gonna lie about it. It did cost a coin, but I think it's really good. Um, but from, she had us like write down the kind of conversation, the kind of words we were saying. And that's when I realized like, yeah, I've called myself stupid. I call myself stupid a lot internally. And I realized that, and that's dead wrong. And we going to stop that. And so I've consciously this week been changing my dialogue. So I don't say trying any, even in in different words. And I've been sharing this with um, my best friend about saying in different words. So like I'm trying, or I think I can, or um, I might be able to, like, we need to change our dialogue to be um, direct, positive, and straight to the point. No, I don't know ifs, ands, no. Confident that I know I'm a winner. I know I'm going to do this. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy working out, even though I don't. But 
the having that conversation with yourself, even if you don't feel it, to continue to have that conversation with yourself, you'll eventually um, train your mind and your subconscious to actually enjoy working out, or you'll eventually train your mind to actually have some motivation to finish a paper or whatever. So I have all, I have definitely this week been working on changing my dialogue and changing the way that I talk to myself. So I think that that's what I want to leave with y'all on the anxiety check-in this week is that we should all be checking in with ourselves to see what we're saying to ourselves and even start writing down the things that you're saying to yourself. And if you find that there's things like I'm lonely or I'm sad or um, I don't know why I feel this way or I feel depressed or this person won't talk to me or I feel abandoned or my mom did this or my dad did this or my coworkers don't talk to me and this is this is why it makes me feel this way. If we're having those conversations all the time, um, those are negative conversations and we're not uplifting ourselves. We're not having compassion for ourselves and um, we're just not being kind to ourselves. And what happens is that just suppresses us and keeps suppressing and keeps suppressing and then depressing us and then causing anxiety too on top of that. So if we can just change our dialogue to, I love myself, I'm confident, I enjoy going to my job, I enjoy my friends, I enjoy, and also negating what your circumstance is. You still have to speak the positive things. So even if you don't have a lot of money, you still have to say, I am rich, I am wealthy, I am abundant. I, I I have an abundant life. I love my life. I love myself. I love my family. I love my friends. I love all my old friends. I love my new friends. I love the future friends to come. So changing the dialogue is the key, y'all. Yeah, if you if you have any experience with this, feel free to slide in my DMs. Tell me how you how you worked it out, how it worked for you. Um, and if you have any more questions about this uncompromised life, um, course, hit me up. I'll give you all the information you need. Alrighty. Whew, I did a whole lot of talking. I hope y'all still with me. I ho- are y'all there? Are you there? Hello. Tap tap. Is this thing on? Are y'all there? Well. Listen, for those who have made it through the anxiety check-in, we're now headed into the anxiety zone. It is the first anxiety zone of season two. And what better way to start it off than with Anthony Dunning, interior design extraordinaire. He is a mofo genius, y'all. Like he will turn any room into complete like pure heaven. It's pure heaven. Every room that he's ever designed is pure heaven. And I met him because we were able to hire him for an interior design show that I pitched for BET Digital that was actually greenlit. Never made it anywhere, but I did. I was able to create the pilot and he was the interior designer and he did it with a young woman, um, Jamila Mustafa, who you can see on TRL now but it was amazing. So we stayed in contact and I thought it'd be great that Anthony came in today and talked to us about how we can make our spaces more Zen-like. We can make our spaces in our home more calm um, to help ease our anxiety, anxiety and help relieve our anxiety and actually the importance of our environment in recovery and that having cluttered and messy houses um, and spaces um, can also um, aggravate your anxiety. So we talk about that and much more And I'm just telling you, he's just a really great guy. He's a really cool guy, spiritual grounded guy. And I love him. I love him, y'all. And y'all gonna love him too. So let's get into it. Toya D, who was living a life of complete and utter trash, y'all. Spending money frivolously on clothes, food, and bottles of wine that could be finished in one setting alone. Ghosting Sally Mae and never paying a bill, y'all. Going back and forth in relationships that were called situationships. A what? Going from one dead-end job to another. Struggling with racial and social anxieties in the workplace. Nature finally took its course. On March 1st, Toya D woke up in an apparent dream world. 
Emerald, to which she calls the Urban Matrix, and was left to figure out the true meaning of life and human existence. Join the journey on the quest to live fabulously, shamelessly, bold, and fearless, and confident with mental health in the Anxiety Zone. Anthony Dunning is in the building. Ow, ow, ow. What's up? Ow, what's up? What's up? The dopest <laughs> interior designer that I know. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, man. I'm just an interior designer working in New York City. Um, working on various projects right now. Some really dope stuff. Some commercials, some residential. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, just did a Broadway dressing room for somebody recently. Really, which is pretty dope. You know, what that's I mean? nice. Trying to take over the. Did Broadway. you post that? I po- I didn't post it because it's a crazy story. This person, the um, theater has a relationship with um, Anthropology. Okay. So Anthropology did the dressing room the day before I redid it. What? So oh, so they can't post they it. They already did press in their version of the room. Wow. And then I did mine. But I mean, I posted it, but I didn't put who it was for. And stuff. Yeah. But so does cool. that mean you don't get any, you don't get to get the clout for it? It's okay. Everybody knew. Okay. Like at once, once she posted it, everybody was like, okay. And yeah. They knew what it was. That's dope. <laughs> That's dope. So yeah. welcome to the Analog Girl podcast. You know, we talk about everything mental health and mainly anxiety so um that's why you're here today to talk with us about creating safe spaces in our home um so that we can be calm cool collective um and so first off like how did you get into interior design so um i moved to new york in 2005 uh to do musical theater Mm -hmm. and then after i finished this two-year program at this school called um the american musical and dramatic academy I went home for a little bit and I didn't want to go back to school and, you know, make any more loans or whatever. So I decided to get a certification in real estate. And while I was selling real estate, um, I started staging homes for sale. So basically what staging is, is you get the house ready for the market. And just through that, people started asking me to work in their homes. And then I ended up opening up two furniture stores, two consignment stores where I kind of like funneled the furniture through the staging business, through the real estate, and was also selling stuff at the same time to public. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I dropped into interior design. Okay, dope, yeah. dope. So it, would you say this is your dream job? Absolutely. It's it like, is. Well, you can get up every day and it don't feel like work, mm-hmm. you know, and you can just, I mean, you're creating and you're doing different projects and you're kind of, you're seeing the starting line and then you're seeing the finished product. It's really rewarding. Dope. So I love it. So, I mean, and I love your work because for y'all, I don't know, don't listen or watch me on Instagram. And I'm always in my beautiful living room. Anthony did my living room and it is wonderful. And people still come over to this day like, oh my God, who is he? I need to find him. Word. Yes. They always trying to get in contact. I need someone to do a painting because you do amazing painting. Yeah. So they are just always in awe of your work. And I'm, you. every time I come into the house, I'm like. This shit is hot. Like this That's is what it's so supposed to fucking be. nice. <laughs> so, um, do you um in any way struggle with um anxiety or any other kind of mental health um issues? I mean, I think we all kind of like have our things that we encounter, you know, just existing in daily life. So I definitely have my times where, you know, work is very demanding and you know, being an entrepreneur, sometimes you worry about sometimes not having enough mm-hmm. or you're you're worried about chasing the next thing, yeah. you know, while you're servicing all the work you have currently. So it's like it's a little bit unnerving to know that you're responsible for every single penny that you make. Yeah. But it's also, you know, the way I look at it is that there's a lot of freedom in it because, you know, I get to wake up when I get ready in the morning I get to command my day and decide what I am and, and I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. I get to choose who I want to work with. Yeah. If there's a relationship that's not working for me, it, I can end it right then and there. I don't have to ask permission. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I'm able to avoid a lot of the, I think, the daily hassles that, you know, somebody who might be working, you know, for a company mm-hmm. or for somebody else might have to internalize mm-hmm. and deal mm-hmm. with because mm-hmm. I'm basically setting my own environment. So that it's just a blessing to be able to, yeah, which is, you know, that to is do that. amazing. Yeah. That's really amazing. So have you found that being the artist portion of your job? Well, the whole thing is like artistry. Sure. Really. And so have you found that 
the being an artist and the artistry of your career has helped with your mental health and kind of maintaining it? Well, definitely, because, you know, I came to New York City to be an actor. Oh. And you know how that is. Like, mm-hmm. when you're an artist, there's a lot of struggles. There's a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, a lot of people are out here doing the starving artist thing, which yeah. I don't have a problem with. But <laughs> I just realized, you know, a little early on that I didn't want that to be my reality. Mm. And I just didn't want to be chasing survival all the time because, you know, I want to be an actor. But if I'm worried about how I'm going to pay my bills and how I'm going to eat and stuff, how can I be like fully um, available to the things that I want to do? Yeah. So it was important to me to kind of I really want to build a legacy for my descendants and like just for black folks in general, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't own a lot. So, you know, I've had opportunities to go and work for other companies and, you know, like work towards building their legacy. But it's very important to me that I own what I'm doing right now and I establish a level of success there. And uh, so, you know, having decided that and knowing, you know, kind of how the game works, especially here in New York City, I just feel like it's all it's it's all been a release. Like I feel a freedom that I never knew before. Mm -hmm. And it's not something Mm -hmm. you can really kind of explain to people, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, once you're in that environment, once you're in that situation, like something just happens to you and like your mind is a bit transformed. Yeah. I mean, it comes with its its own difficulties, but I wouldn't trade it in the world. Just like putting things together and painting and just figuring all, even the mood boarding can, I guess, be, therapeutic and like and it's just inspirational so because i mean i i guess we all kind of like when you're shopping or whatever you're just trying to figure out stuff so you do a lot of mood boarding in the beginning yeah because you know most of the the most important thing about the process is getting to know the client and who they are Mm -hmm. and what kind of things um you know motivate them what inspires them do they are they a person who likes a lot of light Mm -hmm. are they a person who likes uh, more warmth in Mm -hmm. the space do you know, what, what's their motivation? Are they like high fashion and they like a lot of accessories or is it somebody who thrives off of a minimal type um, yeah. environment? So yeah. once I kind of understand, start to understand their aesthetic, I kind of put my spin on what I interpret from that. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a collaboration, you know, okay. going forward. And hopefully, you know, there's some, tr- I, I'm able to garner up some trust with the client yeah. and they can uh, really feel like, you know, they can trust me. Yeah. Um, I think you do a good job of, of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you've do. been through it. Yeah. I've been through it. Yes. And I will be going through it again as soon as me and my um, fiance get married. All right. And we get our new place. All right. <laughs> I, uh, look, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and he's going to spend all the coins. Um, he should. He, <laughs> listen, um, so, so have you had experience with people who are wanting to make their spaces um, uh, mentally cleansing and, you know, we all talk about the feng shui and all of this stuff. Have you had experience with that? And how have you worked through that? And how have you been able to create spaces, safe spaces for people who do struggle with mental health or just really want a zen out space in their home? Sure. So how do you work with that? So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much anybody who's coming to me, they're going to, you know, they're going to use the terms like I want it to feel comfortable mm-hmm. and cozy mm-hmm. and, you know, I want to feel good when I come home and, you know, all those things. So mm-hmm. part of it is figuring out what that means for each individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I find that a lot of people don't understand how much impact your environment has on your daily life. Yeah. And, you know, how how little changes and little um, fixes can really change, like, your existence. Mm. So part of part of me working with people is getting them to understand every single decision we make is going to come together to enhance their life. And we give so much to the places where we live. You know, we spend a lot of money, especially in New York City, mm-hmm. for rent. So it's like that that your apartment, your space has to give you something back. So... In terms of, you know, like establishing Zen-like spaces for people, it, number one is figuring out what does that mean to them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be the same for everybody. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with like maybe the way you grew up. Maybe your mother had certain colors that she used in the house. So that um, is attached to a certain memory or mm-hmm. motivation in your life. Um, 
some people might want to completely disregard what they had in their childhood. Yeah. And it is one white walls yep. because that means brightness and airiness to them. So there's no real like there's no real rule. Like the only real formula is is understanding that you set the standard in terms of what you want. And that's kind of how I. I approach design. I'm not okay. trying to put my uh, my aesthetic on the client. I yeah. want to really zero in on what what their space needs to be for them. Okay. And so, if someone wanted to make a, a create a, a meditation room or what have you, what would be? I mean, from a I guess because you do learn like certain colors work with certain things and certain shapes and all this kind of stuff. So. What would be your way of, or how would you advise people that want to do that kind of stuff? So, I mean, I think there are some tools that you can kind of observe if you're you're wanting something that's like more zen and meditative. A great way to set the mood um, immediately is candles. Mm, okay. Know, find the various sources of light is mm-hmm. important because... One thing about like Zen, Zen like quality and comfort is like having some kind of movement and life in the room. Mm-hmm. So you notice, you know, you might have somebody who, you know, like they might have their recess lights dimmed and then yeah. they might have the lamp on and then they might have the candles mm-hmm. and then they might have, you know, like, you know, uh, one of those little stones, you know, like mm-hmm. the healing stones. So it's kind of like every, every kind of, um, every extra, thing layer you add to the space kind of just gives it more life so i mean candles is one thing that i always suggest people Mm -hmm. utilize because they're inexpensive and you know you can change them out Mm -hmm. and kind of pick what works for you also lighting is also important too understanding that regardless of like how you feel you like how you feel about your different environments. We all need a certain amount of light. Yes. Each day. Yes. You know, if you're, you're sitting around and you're struggling and you, you don't feel motivated or you're struggling with, you know, depression or just not feeling great. You know, one particular day, I always suggest like turn the lights up, you know, Mm -hmm. open up the blinds and really let some light in on you because I think that's, very beneficial. So, yeah. you know, when I'm working on the project, I always put a lot of emphasis on lighting because it's just lighting is everything. No matter what you put in the room, if it's not lit correctly, and if you don't have enough light to serve your life the way yeah. it needs to be, it's it's not going to work. Which I do remember you, because I know you wanted to put the track lighting in my house, but for some whatever reason, I have those stupid lights. But you did add that lighting fixture that's very bright. And then I have mm-hmm. a lot, I think I have like three lamps in my living room. Mm-hmm. So it does impact because obviously for a lot of people who know that come to my house, you're mm-hmm. looking straight at a, a, the other people's apartment across sure, the way, sure. <laughs> you know, and most apartments are like that in New right. York um, where we don't really have a lot of sunlight coming into our homes. So um, the lighting is very important and it has very, it has very much worked for me. And that's why that bill be high, but <laughs> <laughs> well, we should we should have used LED bulbs. I don't know. We might have to revisit that. Yeah. Because the LEDs should be pushing up the light bill. <laughs> but even in terms of light, you notice how we use like the uh, floor to ceiling white curtains. Yes. Because like you said, you can see your neighbor. So if you have your curtains closed, the white just radiates light. Oh, true. So, true. These so are those are different like, things to radiate light. Yeah. True. Did not look at it that way. Yeah. White is a great color that radiates light. Um colors that tend to have more saturation, like your bold, deep colors, they don't necessarily radiate as much light mm-hmm. and they can be used, but you just kind of have to find a balance on, you know, how, yeah, how it is. Um, so things, so colors like those, like reds and blues and like and stuff like that. Some people have said that those can be a little bit depressing. So do you agree with that? They can be depressing if you don't have, if it's not lit correctly. So if I'm going to do a room that's like completely encapsulated in red or like a dark blue, I'm going to put more emphasis on the overhead lighting Mm -hmm. so I can balance it out. I can balance out the tones in the room so that I'm not just sitting in a dark pit Mm -hmm. because that's, and, and then not everybody has the same amount of natural light. So you see people like on Pinterest or looking in the magazines and they're like, oh, 
I want red walls because they see red walls in this $2.5 million apartment. Mm-hmm. That's all windows. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand how's that going to translate in my space? Right. You know, when most of us got one bedroom apartment with one window. <laughs> one window. So you can't be painting the whole thing red unless you're going to make, <laughs> right. you know, concessions and put the right amount of light, you know, overhead mm-hmm. from the side, mm-hmm. you know, radiant from floor, all those things. So this is all the stuff that a designer has to, to consider. So, and this is this is an education for the clients because sometimes they're really adamant about needing this one thing, yeah. But they don't want to do what's necessary to, um, you know, make sure that it functions properly. Right, right. And so people who are trying to do this on their own and create their own spaces, right. your your suggestion is um, the brighter colors, like the whites and lighting. I suggest people do whatever they want to do, but if you go with dark saturated colors in a room that doesn't have a lot of natural light. You gotta figure out how you can get the overhead lighting to serve the whole room. Mm, okay. You know, because okay. honestly, the thing about light, like we we understand light and darkness just in life. We understand right. the concept. And that's I mean, when you're depressed, it's darkness. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's, why would you sit in the time. dark pit? Right. When you're in the pit, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. You gotta you gotta but it's unconscious because we don't give any real consideration to our environments in that way. A lot of us, mm-hmm. unless we learn, because I mean, unless we we have experienced it, it's hard to just guess what's going to work. Yeah. But that's why I do what I do because I want to bring that that sort of access to to people, and you know, I want people to understand that it doesn't take that much to to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And we all deserve to have an environment that we can thrive in. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's easy to do. You know, we spend a lot of money and resources on a lot of different things, but we neglect the place we stay. Oh, we, we do, do don't we? Yeah, we do. And and it's just like that's just like a hairdresser who oh, does amazing hair, and then her, her wig hair is be jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, her wig be toe up. So, exactly. but yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on feng shui when it comes to spaces? So I'm I'm not gonna disrespect the the practice of feng shui. Okay. Um, I've kind of developed my own understanding, and I understand some of the concepts. But again, it comes down to what what types of principles you observe, mm-hmm. because just because the, uh, you know there's a practice or there's an idea of something that's out there doesn't necessarily mean it's going to resonate the same way for me, but I try to be respectful because this is a lot, there's a lot of history in it, but I've just kind of, I, I take what I like and I leave what I don't, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I love the idea of how feng shui um, deals with, you know, placement of certain items in the house, like not putting mirrors right directly in front of uh, the, the, the door, door. entrance mm-hmm, of a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, one of the things that I don't like to do is when I'm working on like a living space, I don't like to see the back of the sofa facing the door. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like that either. Yeah. And, you know, some people do that to kind of like separate the room. But, yeah, I don't like that. And most people don't have <laughs> enough space to be trying to separate the room. <laughs> you got to create the most open space, you know. So it's True. like these ideas. But it's that's the thing. It's like we're looking a lot of times we're looking at magazines and Pinterest boards and we're looking at homes that are like gargantuan. Mm-hmm. So they have the square footage to be able to, to make stuff. some of those decisions. So it's like, how do I take these concepts and fit them on my life? Right. You know, in a right. way that is beneficial. Right. And that's how you should, that's how we should all be approaching trying to create Zen spaces in our homes. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. While also looking at colors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what about plants and foliage? I always like to have plant life in every project. Fake you know? or real though? I So it depends on the client because not everybody can take care of plants. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody has a green thumb. Mm -hmm. And so it really just depends on the client. I'll use both. I have no problem using good silk flowers. You know, do you think that the, 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 the fake foliage and plants still give that Zen like feeling that you're, that we're, we would be looking for. it, It does. I mean, it's just like, you know, take like your favorite pair of heels. They Mm -hmm. don't necessarily have to be Louboutins, but but you can have, yeah, (laughs) they normally are exactly. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, you know, like sometimes you get that, you you have that favorite item and it's not the most high end item, but the way it resonates for you is something very like strong and like important. So that's how you have to approach design. You know, 
you know, we, we got to do what we can do, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of our, our bank, mm -hmm. in terms of our space. And I mean, it's the, the real reward out of just kind of um, creativity is being able to work with any kind of materials yeah. and elevate them in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. You know, being able to pick a coffee table up from the Goodwill and put it in there with your new Ikea couch. Or right. if you can go and shop at Fendi or Versace, even if you can do that, like I have clients who can afford to go and do that, mm -hmm. but I still like to have a mixture, like a little bit of new and a little bit of old, because mm -hmm. that history just grounds it. That plant life gives it that natural, like, habitat you know yeah what I mean? true and that's why i was asking i wonder if you know if fake plants would do the same because somebody like me i have to have fake plants yeah. because nothing will survive in my house yeah because ain't no light like the i had a peacefully for one day yeah and it <laughs> the, i came home after work and that peacefully was like gone dead 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 down down baby down down the roller coaster listen if you and, come to my house, you're going to see both, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like and, they just die so quickly with no lighting. So, But succulents but are great. Like succulents are a great plant to use if you don't have a lot of um, like sunlight or a lot of moisture. You don't really have to water them that much. Okay. So if you're a person who kills plants, yeah. look at the succulents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> succulents. Because they don't, they, you can abuse them and they'll still, you know, True. pretty now, much Now, is that the like same. the snake plant? Yeah, I killed um, the snake plant. <laughs> cactus. Yeah. You know the little succulent. Yeah. <laughs> succulent they died. They snake died plants are hard to kill. I know. That's what they said. They was like, you can, you cannot kill a snake plant. Buying snake plants was dead, 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 dead. <laughs> you gotta you got I mean, you gotta water more than once a year, Latoya. <laughs> I was I think I overwatered one. Okay. And I think the other one, like I was just now so scared of overwatering it, I yeah. didn't water it as much. But also too, they said they still needs a little bit of lighting. Yeah. So I don't have none. I didn't have none. And then I didn't spend a lot of time at home. I was yeah. at work or out with dating or doing whatever. So it wasn't getting that kind of life. So that's why so people like me, I wonder if we can use still use fake foliage and then still get the same feeling. Absolutely. Of Zen feeling that we're trying to get. Absolutely. Like, so I stage houses for real estate. So mm -hmm. a lot of these properties, there's nobody living in them. So there's nobody who's going to maintain the plant. So right. a lot of times I'll utilize some really good silk flowers. Mm -hmm. I do try to find the best quality. Um, a great resource is the flower district down on 28th street. Okay. Uh, by Parsons. Is that expensive? Uh, well, it, you just gotta, you gotta be creative. You okay. know what I'm saying? You feel a lot of, use a lot of filler and then get the plant, the, you know, flowers of the plants that you oh, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And it can be expensive, but when you think about it, um, people maintain their plants. They switch them out. They buy pl new plants mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's worth the investment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is that, that's a good thing. And I definitely need to look into um, some plants. I don't know where it's going to go, but I need some. Yeah. Um, so what is the um, most important thing that you think to keep in mind when you're trying to create um a Zen space or mentally something that's going to enhance your mental health in your home. I think uh, one of the things I always tell my clients to do is I'm like, think back to moments where you were at a place that <coughs> like if maybe it was a hotel or a restaurant or a certain place or a memory where you were in an environment that you just really felt safe mm. and you felt like, you know, euphoria kind of, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? And then I'm like, I tell them to let that be their inspiration for, you know, creating a foundation in their home. Mm -hmm. uh, what it, what was, what it smell like? What did it look like? What about the space made you feel so safe? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like basically following that formula and basically making it as elevated as possible. And again, it's different for everybody. Like me, I'm a person who. I, for some reason, I have this fixation on Christmas because it mm. makes me like, it's like a real release. Yeah. So I like, feel like you style, you probably style Christmas crazy, don't yo, you? Yo, I go, I do way <laughs> no. too much. Black Santa and everything. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but what, what, it, what, but I, I use that as an example as like, like sometimes in July, like if I'm feeling like super down or low, I'll listen to Christmas music because it immediately Lifts your pulls me out yeah. of that that moment. So like if you see a lot of the plants around my house, they happen to look like pines or emeralds because mm -hmm. it reminds me of Christmas. Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that's just like something that I do for myself. But the mental memory that I have towards it just really 
like even unconsciously, yeah. I'm having a reaction to my space yeah. without even like thinking about it. Well, especially out here, guys, we are recording out in um, Anthony's backyard. The garden. Garden. <laughs> <laughs> His garden slash backyard. Listen. And it is zinned the fuck out, y'all. It's very nice. Oh, it's a whole lot of foliage. We got lighting. What you call this? This is a canopy. We got a yeah, we got a gazebo. And it's just really chill. And it's a nice feeling out here. You actually don't even realize that you have next door neighbors. Yeah, that's why that's you're the point. while you're out here. And it's just right. really, really that's it really feels good out here. But you like, can see the difference. Like I you would look over in their yard. It'd it's be, a different feel. It is a different feel. But like it's it's open, but it's established. And mm-hmm. then that's that's what design is all about. Mm-hmm. Like there's a method to like making the right placements and picking the right stuff to like really make you feel like you're in you're in an experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I agree. I totally agree with that. So, um do you have anything else that you would like to leave with anybody who's looking to spa- to design their space? Or we can move on. <laughs> Should we move on? We can move on, but I, the last thing <laughs> the, we can move on. <laughs> the last thing I would say is like, you know, whenever you are working on your own space, don't be so worried about the rules because mm. at the end of the day, you set the standard. Yes. And as long as it feels good to you, yes, it's, it ain't, it ain't nothing wrong with it. You know what I'm saying? I, it's true. Cause it's all about the feelings. It's all about how you, how the space makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And that's a personal experience. Mm-hmm. So who knows you better than you? Right. Now you utilize a designer so that we can, we can, you know, kind of help you define it if you need it. Right. And then we also have expertise in scale and proportion and things like that. Right. But just do something, you know, every, you know, whenever you get a chance, do something to put a little more emphasis on your environment at all times. Yeah, I agree. That's dope. I think that's really good. And like I said, I think you do amazing work. Thank you. Um, And I just, you know, I know you're just about to be a millionaire or something. Yeah, we we on it. Doing Beyonce and Jay Z's home or something, or moves. like I know you are. So you know, I'm I've started doing um, the questions at the end just to have a little fun with my guests. So this is kind of like a rapid fire. Let's go. Um, what's your most embarrassing funny moment? Does it have to be related to design? It don't. It could be anything. Yo, I did something so crazy one time. So I was at my friend's. Thanksgiving party mm-hmm. and we're playing um we're playing uh I think heads up and you know how you're supposed to guess guess yeah. the word or whatever they talking about yeah and so I think that the word was fingernails uh-huh and I'm already laughing <laughs> what? so they one of my my friend's mom was there and for some reason they were all like pointing at her hands and I said, I think I said nails. I said, I said wrist. I said everything, but it must have been fingernail. I think I said nail, but they wanted me to say, say fingernail. They pointing at these ladies' fingers, and for some reason, I just yelled out "fake." Oh my gosh! <laughs> you didn't know her. I didn't know her. <laughs> I wouldn't, so I don't know what possessed me, but I would never ever do anything like that. But you know, they was it was like, in the heat of the moment. This man is in here. This misogynistic man is in here. Her son was like, "Those aren't fake. Those aren't fake." Oh my god! I was like, "I'm so sorry." Like I could not believe it came out of my mouth. But did everybody start laughing, or was everybody quiet? It was I, like it was an awkward thing. Both. Oh my gosh, Anthony! So what did you say to her? I apologize, obviously, but I I don't know what motivated that to come out. <laughs> but I had said every single other thing, and but but who? Why would I say that? Why would? I, why did you say that? Literally to this day, like I will think about that moment. I'm like, why did I do that? You was embarrassed, mortified. It, I was mortified, but like, but for me, for me, it doesn't matter. Like, like. It wasn't a disrespectful thing because, like, my mom wore yeah, nails like, my whole life and stuff. Like everybody stuff, but does. But it was just like at that time. It was yeah, weird. but then I, after the fact, I was like, "Yo, I, that was bad." <laughs> I would have thought. It but was she hilarious. was fine. She was laughing. She was like, "You know." Yeah, she, I would have thought it was hilarious. What's funny is her son talking about those ain't fake. Those ain't fake. Yeah, her not her son. It was my friend, but the, her son's brother was like, oh. "Those aren't fake." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Honestly, this too is crazy. funny. Too funny. Heads up will get you in trouble. Heads up will, but that's a fun game. That's a fun game. Every time I play, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> same, <laughs> same. Someone ain't flip it right or whatever. Exactly. So it's like I have a good time with that. So, um, do you have a favorite curse word? Nah, my mom was listening. 
Ooh. <laughs> 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 so you don't be cursing, right? You don't normally be cursing. I don't cursing. be cursing like that, no. Oh my gosh! So we can't. So oh gosh! So if your mama's listening to this, tell her I apologize. You've been right good now. today, though, because you, you know I really... usually be off the chart. Listen. But listen, God been working on my heart, and I am on a spiritual fast right now, so I've been trying not to, you know, I've been trying to. You not, did good today. Not I, curse I, as I ain't much. even hear you cursing, really. See, really, like so. it was maybe like one or two things. You've been I delivered. Said. I, almost, almost. <laughs> hallelujah. The preacher's kid who got to get herself together with cursing. Ain't that listen, something? Y'all. Sh- so, <laughs> what you gonna say? I was gonna say y'all, y'all still people too. We y'all, are. Y'all breathe, we live, are. and breathe just we like are. we do. We are. Um. So, uh. What sound or noise do you love? Again, just like, so I'm not a person that likes silence. Really? So like, even at night, I had to have like, like a fan or something or something kind really? of going on. Okay. Music I'm, I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know why that is. But I think it's because, you know, my whole family snored. Really? When, like, when I was, uh, when, you know, my whole family, when I was growing up, everybody snored but me. How you so, know? I know I don't I, because <laughs> so wait, some of the people be like I don't they, snore because that, that my family be they be on each other about how loud they snore and stuff and I'm the only one that's sitting over there you know yeah like, like I don't so snore. I don't know if everybody snore but a lot of people did so it was like that noise I got used to it mm-hmm. just like a lot of times I'll sleep with the TV on because when I grew up we slept with the TV on you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. so it's just like, so it's something that you became accustomed to yeah and then Christmas anything. Like Christmas Any, music, you like to hear relaxation, that. whatever. Like I'm that's telling nice. you, that's my that's my thing. I might try that. You I should. might try that. Listen to the PJ Morton Christmas album or something like I'm that. I'm telling you, if you want to release, you want to just like immediately escape mm-hmm. your existence right now. <laughs> turn Christmas on the music. Christmas music. Okay. I'm telling you. Will do. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would like to be on Broadway at some point. So, you know. I'm lucky that my my business is thriving and it affords me quite a bit of flexibility. So as I continue to grow and everything, I love to step away and like actually realize my dream of being on Broadway. That would be and dope. Doing some stuff, right? Yeah. I'm in New York City. I might you as might well. as well. And it's not now's the time and ever because um, it's 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 not so age ish anymore. Like people mm. are. People are coming out of the woodworks, like saying, you know, oh, I was doing this for this many years and now I decided to embark on this. And, yeah. and it's just like, this is the time for whatever you want to do to just do it. And we're so, still young. Yeah. I mean, because, but back in the day, like if you was like 25, by the time I hit 25, when I was in the industry, if I had yeah. 20, when I hit 25 in the industry yeah. and I was singing at the time, it was like, that was old. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying okay. like 25, 26 was I old. Feel you. you know, so now we don't really focus on that. You don't. Anymore. I mean, there's more room for everybody. There's room for everybody yeah. now, especially with social media, and you can make your own content now. There's just room for everybody now. Yeah. Um. So, when you arrive to heaven, what would you like to hear God say at them pearly white gates? Listen, it's biblical, but I want Him to say, "Well done, my good, faithful service." Yes! <laughs> You're the second one that said that. <laughs> Tiffany the Virginista yeah. was on, and she said the same thing. She was like, I just want to hear him say, well done. And, and then that's I want right. Him to, I want him to go ahead and let me go ahead and make over the chapel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, like, gonna... We could use you. Yes, yes, yes. Because the streets are going to be paved with gold. Listen. So you got to go ahead on and, you know, feng shui all that out. Exactly. Feng shui all that exactly. out. But, okay, great. It's been so nice having you on. The analog girl. Definitely. I, I enjoy really myself. appreciate you. You did. I did. Good. Good. Did dope. I ask good questions? You asked fantastic questions. And you know I'd be listening, so I was I couldn't wait to get my turn. Uh- I'm like, <laughs> when are you gonna have me on? <laughs> yes, yes. So thank you so much. I hope that you have helped some people out there um create their own spaces. You help me because I'm gonna change my light in my bedroom right All now. Right. So I just thank you so much for that. It's been dope. Thank you. We out. Peace out. Well, I hope that conversation was as informative for you as it was for me, because Anthony is amazing, guys, and he does great work, especially in small spaces. So don't be afraid to reach out to him, because I know a lot of you guys, we we live in New York and we got small apartments. But let me tell you, he does amazing work. Please be sure to hit him up. Check him out. Look at his work. He's amazing. If you're new to this podcast, um, I just want to let you guys know at the end of every podcast, I always like to leave you guys with affirmations and 
this week, I just decided that because I talked about negative self-talk and how I want to change my language, I figured that the affirmations that I leave with you guys this week would be affirmations about positive self-talk. And usually with affirmations, what you want to do is to um, repeat them to yourself constantly. So on the podcast, I'll repeat them twice and you can repeat them to yourself out loud. And that will get down in your subconscious and then get down in your spirit. And ultimately, we will all start to believe these things that we are saying and we will see change in our lives. So here we go. I deserve love. I deserve love. I have intelligence. I have intelligence. I am okay just the way I am. I am okay just the way I am. I get what I want. I can get what I want. I can succeed. I can succeed. I can make mistakes and learn. I can make mistakes and learn. I belong here. I belong here. I can be powerful and ask for help at the same time. I can be powerful and ask for help at the same time. I can be creative, competent, productive, and joyful. I can be creative, competent, productive, and joyful. I trust my inner wisdom. I trust my inner wisdom. I am lovable at every age. I am lovable at every age. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you have, just share it with your friends. Pass it along. You know, spread the word, y'all. I ain't gonna hold y'all, ain't gonna let y'all hold me. Until next time, bye.